Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Iyer. Well, hello there. It's actually just Linda Iyer today for a while. Um, today, it's uh, Linda on the phone and Richard in the lake. Um, Richard bought a new sailboat. He's always wanted a sailboat. He's like a little kid in a candy store. And he just took it out for the first time in the wind. And he can't figure out how to get back into the marina. So he may or may not join us for the show. Um, We'll see what happens. But I have to say that I am in my home country. So we're going to talk about that for a few minutes. I grew up in Montpelier, Idaho, uh, down in southeastern Idaho, and actually I had an idyllic childhood, which I didn't appreciate until I left, which we all do. Um, When we are growing up, it's just so hard to realize how much fun you're having and what an amazing experience it is for most of us. Probably most of you listening... um, not grow up in New York City or Chicago, and which is an entirely different experience. However, we just had a wonderful Memorial Day dinner with a woman who did grow up in New York City as an only child. Her mother was an opera singer, Ariel Bybee. Her name is Nylan McBain and she, uh, Smith, and she actually loved growing up in New York City. So wherever you grow up, I guess, um, you can love or learn to love. But here we are back at Bear Lake. Um, we spend usually all of July here and as much of June as we can. And this year, luckily, we don't have too much time on the road in June. So we are on the dirt roads up here at Bear Lake. For those of you who live near Idaho, actually, Bear Lake is half in Utah and half in Idaho, but um, it really is quite a delightful place to grow up. But today, this lake is so gorgeous. It is, it's the same blue as the Mediterranean, probably better, more, and it's absolutely gorgeous. We're getting ready for a family reunion, which is going to happen uh, in July from the 10th to the 14th, but all the kids kind of drizzle in and then drizzle out. We have most of the kids here all of July uh, from uh, actually the moms come, bring the kids, and stay for most of the month. And the dads come in and out when they can. We're all together for four days. And we have one of the children in charge of the reunion every year, a couple. Two aren't married, and they usually um, do it together when it's their turn. But... Um, every year, it's very exciting because we never know just quite what's going to happen. We tried to organize it ourselves for a lot of years. And and actually, the reason we quit doing that is because the kids offered to do it because Richard likes to have lots of meetings. He loves meetings because in meetings, he can speak to the children and tell them, what they should know. And the kids finally said, Dad, we love you, and we love your advice, and we love hearing from you, but we want a little more fun. So we will do the reunion, organize it, and we'll allow you one night when you can tell us whatever you want to tell us. So that is kind of the allotment. 
Um, it's pretty funny because they call it something different every year, and we just got a message today, but I can't remember. It's all alliteration um, of the evening, and actually it's only an hour and a half. I hope that Richard's okay with that, but um, it really is so fun to have all the kids together and for Richard to say his thing and then to have fun the, the rest of the time. And not that that's not fun. It's always good. Um, one year we actually had an accountant who came here as part of the reunion and went through everything with the kids so that they were very clear about what was going to happen when we passed on. And um, that's always a good thing to have written down and to have in the kids' minds. And I think we've talked before on the show about it um, a little bit. Um, but if you didn't happen to hear that show, let me just briefly say that um, we decided a long time ago that we were not going to have kids that were sitting around waiting for their inheritance so that they could start their lives. So um, we do have a family foundation, which we've had going for many years now, probably about 15. And um, we have a board, and the board is our children. And actually, our oldest daughter is the chairman of the board, and she runs, uh, it's called the Iron Realm uh, Foundation, and she runs the foundation meeting every year during the reunion. So the first night of our reunion, that is exactly what we do. We have um, so much, so much fun, and it's so interesting because what we do is we have a mission statement, and mostly it is for the aid of third world families, for um, not just women and children, but fathers, everybody um, who needs the help in certain situations. And because we have this foundation, we're able to send our kids to these areas that they suggest we help and um, so that they can be on the ground. In fact, that's our, that's our um, method of choice in doing this. And it really is pretty interesting and pretty exciting to see what they come up with. It's not a huge amount of money. Hopefully it's gathering a little bit over the years. Um, but um, we just have such a good time finding out what they've done and what they suggest we do. We have several kids with their fingers in uh, projects in Africa. Um, you, we may or may not have talked about our, our couple who got married. Um, they both lived in New York City and were both so sick of their jobs. They'd worked for 10 years. They were older when they got married and um, decided that they it was time to... Um, live life before they started their family. So they got married and they went on a one-year honeymoon, a humanitarian honeymoon. They first went to Mozambique because they both spoke Portuguese and they worked with this, um, a wonderful organization there called Care for Life. And um, they actually lived in a little, a little tiny home and they went out into the villages, walked out into the villages. They had bikes that couldn't always use the bikes if it rained because it was too muddy and did surveys on what this um, group had done, how it would affect the people in the village. It's a wonderful organization. It's a, you know, teach people to fish kind of organization instead of giving them a fish. And um, so they loved that. And then they went on up to India and where they worked with another organization that we love called Rising Star outreach and there is an amazing group of people there who um, 
actually started by Becky Douglas several years ago now, many years, because they have, she went there, actually, uh, because she lost a daughter, and the daughter had said she had volunteered at this place in India. So they went to see what that was about, and what they found was it was in a leprosy-affected area, which is actually still all over India, and... um, she had worked in a little orphanage there, but in the process, they found the most amazing um, situation in southern India, down below Chennai, if anybody listening recognizes that. Um, they found an area where, I guess this is true all over India, but there were many, many little children out begging on the streets because if their parents, their grandparents, their great-grandparents had ever had leprosy, they were not allowed to go to school. So um, this Becky is just an amazing woman. She just said, nope, this is not right. We are not going to do this. She went home. She lived in Washington, D.C., I believe at the time, but where there was a core of wealthy people who, who really wanted to help and make a difference. And she got those people, rallied them, the Perry family, the Archibalds, the Marriott's, and they uh, built a beautiful school for these children. And that was just the beginning. They had a little elementary school. They brought the children in, got some school uniforms on them, hired teachers, and um, ha- hired help because it had to be kind of a boarding school. It was There was no way they could just do one in each village, so they collected the kids from these villages, the leprosy-affected villages, and brought them in. And we spent some time there. We spent a couple of weeks there. Our youngest daughter and her two friends spent a month there, but Talmadge and Anita, our little honeymooners, spent three months there and had an absolutely amazing experience with these people. So this is what I mean by hands-on. These people um, were doing amazing things, but they just needed some help. And so these kids know exactly where the money is going. They um, they were able to fund their airfare to get there and then really find out and really make a difference while they were there. So this is our goal for our kids. It is actually the most fun thing we do at the reunion because we have several that uh, several of in-law husbands who are involved also, one particularly in Bridgespan, which is the humanitarian arm of Bain Capital, which you may recognize from the uh, Mitt Romney days. Anyway, they are doing these projects all over the world and have done so much research so they know what works and what doesn't work, which is just so fun. So during this meeting, everybody reports on what they've done, what they know, what the needs are, and then we... Um, vote, and Richard and I don't even have a vote. It's just the kids. They vote on what, uh, where they want to give money and how they want to do it. And it is so fascinating to see the difference that they've been able to make over these few years. It really was started out as so tiny, and it's just kind of rolled through to some really quite amazing things. So um, that's one of the aspects of the family reunion. You'll be hearing more about that as we go on, I'm sure. Um, but before I continue to um, talk about the reunion, and then also we promised that we'd talk a little bit about Richard's mother, who we were with last week, who's aging, and we'll talk about that in the second half, and maybe Richard will join us, and maybe he won't. So um, after this short break, we will be back, and um, we'll be excited to talk. 
And I'm back. And Richard is not back. For those of you who missed the first of the show, he has just bought a brand new sailboat. He's had a catamaran for many years, two of them. Actually, one, I might mention, was almost the cause of his death. It was Labor Day, and he had this catamaran on a trailer and was bringing it along the road, and all of a sudden, it fell off of the, tra- off of the trailer. And um, he thought, what in the world is the matter? And he jumped out, and a neighbor happened to see him and said, don't touch that boat, just scream, don't touch that boat, don't touch that boat. Actually, the mast had hit the electrical wire. It was so tall. Usually he takes it along the beach. He hadn't brought it along the road before. But the boat, if he had touched anything, anything metal in the truck or getting out or anything on the boat, he would not be worrying about sailing this boat today because there was 50,000 volts or something like that of electricity going down through that boat. And, of course, it burst into flames went down to the boat, and we all just watched the boat burn. It actually burned a hole in the road about two feet deep in the pavement. And um, it was stopping traffic both ways. It was a crazy day. So um, that's the saga of our sail, our sailboat so far. We hope this one actually does better. So this is actually a sailboat, and he is so excited about it. And he took it out in the lake. But he couldn't, and there was a nice wind. He'd never had it out in the wind at all. It's only been here for three days. And he couldn't figure out how to get back into the marina. So he uh, it may or may not join us for the last few minutes here of the radio show. But today we're talking about family reunions because we are up at Bear Lake. I didn't mention that part. Um, getting ready for our family reunion is not until July And usually we're just flying by the seat of our pants because we're traveling all of June. But we have some time at home this year, which we're thrilled about. So we are um, digging up flower gardens, getting all the weeds out, um, fixing up broken chairs and and tongue-oiling all the stuff and actually getting ready for the reunion, which is a real treat for us. So um, I began the first half by talking about the reunion and the fact that our kids are the ones that actually organize it. We have a different couple who does it every year. And so they always do something interesting and fun. And But the first night of our reunion is always a meeting of the IR Realm Foundation, which uh, is a way we can give away money and um, in this foundation to people who need it a lot worse than we do. Um, so we are then on the... The next three days, we have actually four days all all together. There are 42 of us this year with the addition of a new baby this year. So we are so thrilled to have everybody here. It is absolutely a wild menagerie of people. We do have, I was born and raised here, and so this is like coming home. We had a little A-frame built here 35 years ago when we were serving a mission in England, and our darling brother-in-law built this little A-frame for us so that we could have someplace. And in fact, I should back up even a little bit more for those who may be interested. We got this property on our wedding night. We had our reception over in Montpelier, and then Richard drove around in circles for a while to confuse me about where we were, and then we drove out to Bear Lake. And he actually 
I didn't know where we were because I was blindfolded, but he unblindfolded me and he got me out of the car and carried me over to this patch of sagebrush. And Richard, you may or may not know, is a bit eccentric on some things. And so I can say that when he's not here. Actually, I would say it if he was here because he knows that. But he carried me to the sagebrush and said, this is our new home. And I thought, oh, fabulous. A honeymoon in the sagebrush. Where's the tent? What, you know, what are we eating? Anyway, um, he said, no, I just bought this little piece of land right here. And I said, are you kidding? You have no money in the world. How in the world did you buy this piece of land? It was just a little piece of land, but really he had no money. And um, he said, well, your mom and dad gave me your insurance policy and I turned it in. And I got the money, and it was $1,400, and I bought this piece of land for $1,400. Now, that was 40, almost 44 years ago. So that was um, the reason for that price. But um, I was, um, I well, I can't remember if I was overjoyed or just thinking I'd married a crazy person. But anyway, um, I were, was happy and I'm even happier now because it went from a little A-frame to adding a tennis court to uh, some other property right next door. And we now have a house with six bedrooms um, in addition to the little A-frame. So that's uh, nine bedrooms for uh, nine children, and it's I'm getting a little more... I'm joining you, honey, although you probably can't hear me very well from out here in the ocean. Oh, you are there. Wow, <laughs> I was just telling the, the story about our um, our wedding night when you brought me over to Bear Lake and carried me to the sagebrush and said, this is our land, and how it's all gone from there. We've been talking about the reunion and all that, and you made it into the marina. I made it into the marina. I'm still alive, and uh, the boat's a little bit off on the side, but I think I can get the sails down and motor on to safety. Well, I'm glad you're not out in that wind. Uh, For you listeners, uh, he did call me while he was out in the wild wind saying, I'll just call from my cell phone, and I could barely hear him. I said, no, you will not call from the cell phone because it's cutting out. I tried to call him ten times to find out what the problem was. But anyway, I'm glad that you're in that little cove now, and I can hear you pretty well. We're going to write a book on near-death experiences of Bear Lake and other adventures, and uh, we'll make it offer to all of these radio listeners. You know what? You're cutting about every other word, Richard, so maybe you better just cut out. Or just listen because the reception is terrible. But um, I have told them about your sailboat experience with the catamaran and your near-death experience, which um, was uh, an interesting day. I'm just so glad that you're still here. So anyway, well, we'll let me let let me just sign off by saying Linda's the one who knows everything, and don't believe everything she says. And I will join you next time from a real landline, and we'll have a lovely time. So all of you listeners, come on back. We love you all as parents. All right. So, good. He's not going to be bothering us. Wow. <laughs> that was pretty um, crazy trying to get a hold of him out there. But anyway, um, going on with the reunion. Um The second, third, and fourth days are all filled with things that the kids come up with. And last year, 
we may have talked about this on the radio show too, but the the real star of the show last year was um, a fun thing that we had had never thought of, and actually one of our daughters-in-law had done it at their reunion, and um, it was so fun because we had all the kids lined up on a table, and um, it was. Icky food. I mean, we have a son that went to um, Japan on his mission, and he was in charge of this activity, and he brought out all of these horrible foods that looked so terrible to the kids, like dried squid and also seaweed and tomato juice. Actually, the tomato juice was the worst uh, for some of the kids. And what they did is they put out this food one at a time. There were 12 kids around the table, and they all were determined that they were going to win the game. They were going to win by getting to the end and having eaten everything that was put before them. And so um, it started out, um, and there were prizes for every round so that nobody felt bad, and we said, you know, if you can't do it, fine, there's no problem. We just, um, we'll just go on, and but you get your prize for every round that you do. And so we started with that crazy tomato juice, and the tomato juice turned out to be the worst for Grace and Claire. And they just couldn't drink the tomato juice. I think it was vegetable juice. Anyway, so they had to drop out. But actually, the, the expressions on these kids' faces when, okay, the next round is, and they would hand out the seaweed, and some of them did really, really well with the seaweed, and others just, I cannot eat this. But the expressions, and we had cameras going like crazy, were worth the whole deal. And there were no tears. There was one little guy who, before we started, said, I can do anything but eggs, hard-boiled eggs, and we had quail eggs as one of the rounds. And he just couldn't do it. Poor little thing. But... Everybody was happy. Everybody loved the big prizes at the end. So that, along with a lot of other activities, we have the Olympics and um, lots of races on the beach. Um, We just set up volleyball and had that, and we now have our oldest grandson, who is a volleyball champion. So we're very excited to see him this year. His high school team just won the state championship, so that makes it fun. Well, you know, I, I could go on and on, but there... There are so many fun things that you can do with your family. I realize every family, this may not work for. And every family obviously doesn't have a place that they can go. But I, in fact, I had a message, an email message when we talked about this um, in a column, in a newspaper column. And they said, what do you do, you know, if you have really no money, you love your family, but some of them don't like each other, and what do you do? And I think we'll end with saying that, you know, even if you can get them together for an evening and just do some bonding things that are outside the realm of personal problems and so on and uh, do something fun, do something interesting with the kids, it really does make a difference in the long term as far as how your family goes on for for the next year and the next year. We have... um, really been blessed to be able to do this with our family. I know a lot of people do the big family reunions and have given us a lot of ideas, but there are also the families that have problems. But 
it is worth it to try and do something, even if it's just for a day or for overnight, to be with your family, to get the cousins bonded. Our kids live all over the creation. And so getting them here is really a deal, which is why they stay when they come. And but the husbands come and go. And so we just wish you the very best as you look forward to summer because summer really is a time for families. We hope that you enjoy your families, that you get together and put your heads together and figure out some way to get together and do something wonderful with your family this summer. We hope that um, all is well wherever you are, and we will be talking again very soon. Thanks for listening.